We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep podcast. I'm Kane Pittman and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Ty Windish as always. And we've been speaking about this for the last few weeks or last few episodes, Ty, but uh, I think we both sort of uh, laughed when we realized that we are around, I'm going to say three days, depending when you listen to this podcast, from the first preseason game, which is kind of mind-boggling to think about. It is, you know, to to avoid the time change confusion, let's just say we're one weekend away from the first preseason game, which is Monday night, Milwaukee versus the uh, Chicago Bulls. So yeah, it is uh, a little startling how fast it's here. And so to kind of get ready for it, because I guess we got to start getting ready for things now. The first preseason game is a, a fortnight away. I feel like that word's been ruined, by the way. That's just a video game now. I don't think anyone knows. What is it? A fortnight's just four days, right? Four, four nights, basically, in the, the classic form. Yeah, I, I think that, I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm just I'm just thinking about it now. It's never going to be used that way again. That that use of that word is over now. It's just a a free video game with dancing. But since we are a Fortnite traditional version away from the NBA preseason, we wanted to kind of go through the Bucks depth chart slash rotation right now and kind of get an idea of how things are going to go. And this isn't like you know the the hardest challenge because four starters coming back this year not a lot of questions really about four of the positions I mean starters at least the backups we might have a little bit to talk about but you know some teams are are kind of like the Hornets I feel like you can kind of just uh, it could be anything Terry Rozier and a bunch of guys you know the Wizards have to figure out a lot of stuff the Warriors have some interesting questions this year the Bucks not really so starting off with point guard Kane I think a pretty fair to say Eric Bledsoe is going to be the starter and George Hill is going to be the primary backup there. Yeah, I I think if if that's not the case, then we're probably pretty concerned at this point. I think it's interesting because while 
Um, obviously, and I feel like we, we can't get through a podcast without talking about Brogdon at the moment, which I, kind of bothers me a little bit. But he obviously played that second guard spot in the starting lineup, but clearly soaked up a lot of point guard minutes um, you know, during the game. And then obviously, uh, George Hill played such a big role in the playoffs. But I, I think that's, you know, if I had to look at a spot where maybe it looks a little bit bare, if anything happens that, you know, uh, knock on wood, we, we hope doesn't happen in terms of injuries or that sort of type of thing. The Bucks might be a little bit bare, but yeah, it obviously Bledsoe to start. And then George Hill, who I think we've both sort of spoke about, you know, hopefully being able to limit his minutes through the regular season. But, um, you know, I'm not sure which way the Bucks go, if that's the case, to try and uh, do that with George Hill. Well, you know, this is one of the reasons that being good is helpful. You can kind of bring in more good players easier. Uh, the Bucks have a pair of two ways that I think are very much ready for NBA minutes in Frank Mason and Cameron Reynolds. And I think certainly Frank Mason especially is, is more established even than Reynolds. And he is the third point guard. And the, the one reason why that does get a little tricky is there's only so many days he can be on the NBA team you know, during a season before he would have to get signed to a minimum. And since the Bucks roster is full uh, as we stand right now, somebody would have to get released in order for uh, Frank to, to put, cover more minutes. Let's say if Bledsoe or Hill had to sit out for a little while and the Bucks needed that backup. If they didn't, you know, find some other free agent or trade or anything, you know, the in-house solution is Frank Mason. I think the Bucks would be comfortable with him playing those minutes from what I can gather. I mean, he has played NBA point guard plenty with the Sacramento Kings before. So that's sort of going to be an interesting question and something – Kind of think about as we go forward here, and we see some of the end of the end of the roster guys playing. You know, your Tenacious Adetokounmpo, which obviously there's an extra wrinkle if you were gonna release him. It's a little more complicated than your usual 14th guy, and and really Dragon Bender, who who doesn't have that extra wrinkle. Dragon Bender would be, I think, maybe the most logical uh, guy who had to get released if a roster spot needed to be opened. Although we'll see. I mean, maybe. New look, bearded dragon is uh, ready for action. Who knows? But yeah, I think that is the cover. That is the third point guard. I would be a little more comfortable if there was a traditional third point guard just on the roster, not just as a two-way player, uh, just because of those limitations and everything else. But uh, I think one of the reasons that I don't worry about it too much is just there's so many other players across other positions who can handle the ball, whether it's Giannis or Chris Middleton. But let's get to the exciting one. Let's get to the two. I saw, I'm sure you saw this as well, uh, friend of the show, sort of. He's never been on. I mean, we should fix that one of these days. But Eric Name tried to ask Bud, you know, about the, oh, the, are, the start, are the starters playing together? Oh, yeah. Well, then the obvious question <laughs> is, is Wes playing with that group? Well, the obvious answer, yeah, answer yeah. is, I don't remember what Bud said, but I remember he didn't say much. So, so much for finding out easily. Yeah, he said, and this is, I was actually disappointed in Eric and I didn't get a chance to speak to him today about this, but I really wanted to see this series of tweets go on and on and on for about <laughs> like 20 questions of Eric saying, well, yeah, well, the obvious response to that obvious response is that, you know, because I don't really understand. He said that they've been, the starters have been playing about uh, 60 to 70 or 70 to 80, whatever it was. Um, and then so clearly he does know who's been playing with the starting group, but uh, typical I guess training camp uh, type stuff from Bud there, not not wanting to give that away. But yeah, I, I think um, you know, as you sort of pointed to, it's likely, and I would agree with Eric, and we've spoke about this, and I think this is the consensus that we think it's probably going to be West. Um, again, 
it's going to be contingent on probably health and yeah, really form. I mean, I think we saw last year that Bud is, is willing to, to ride the hot hand and, and with plenty of options to potentially go through that role, including uh, Dante DiVincenzo, which interestingly enough at, at Media Day, uh, he had some, some interesting comments about uh, working through the, the heel bursitis injury that he had, feeling really healthy right now and, and actually sort of saying that uh, he wasn't too, uh, I guess, disturbed or put off by that injury setback because he has been through a, a similar situation when he was uh, in, in college with, with missing a fair bit of time with the injury and then coming back and obviously being a, a you know, standout contributor for that team, particularly in the, in the tournament there. So uh, I, it's interesting. I think DiVincenzo is the guy that stands out. For you, if it's not Wes Matthews or, or something happens there with an injury or he doesn't play, is Dante your obvious guy that might start or is it Sterling Brown, maybe Pat Connaughton? Where, where are you leaning in that direction? If There's it's not so West? many options here. I, I don't think it would be Dante personally. Yeah. Um, and that's nothing against Dante, but just from what we've seen from from Bud, you know, on this team in the past is it wasn't a lot of, you know, oh, we have two guys who, you know, I, I trust and I played a lot of minutes last year. Let me throw in this guy who's basically a rookie. I mean, Dante played a little bit last year, but I, he didn't have like a full rookie season. Yeah, I think he'd have to be very impressive, you know, in camp and in preseason for him to get the nod if, if Wes wasn't playing or if it wasn't Wes for some reason. I agree. I think. Wes Matthews is the obvious choice, although he's not, you know, the same guy he was when he was really tearing it up in Portland there before the unfortunate injury. Still a good player, still a good shooter, good defender, everything else. So I think Wes makes the most sense, even though this is going to be his 10th year in the league. I mean, it's going to be George Hill's 11th, so age is just a number, I guess. Um, but so I, I would think my guess would be Wes first. Then I don't know where the line is between Sterling Brown and Pat Connaughton. Uh, I would think it might be kind of matchup and daily dependent, which is a lot of what we saw last year with that spot. You know, I don't think there was a firm decision made like first it's Sterling, then it's Pat. I think it, it changed a lot and Bud was open to playing either of them depending on how they looked. I know a lot of people are going to be expecting a lot from Sterling Brown this year. I think that's healthy, but I, I just we need to see him it all put together for an extended period of time. I don't know if we really have yet. Uh, meanwhile, Pat, I feel like Pat, you kind of know what Pat's going to bring a lot of energy, a lot of athleticism, a lot of jumping from behind it at blocks, you know, maybe not always the, the best decision with that athleticism, but he's so damn athletic that sometimes it works out for him anyway. And for me, I think Dante is kind of the, the guy who has to fight his way into that, that, that rotation at the two and get some of those minutes. I feel like he's going to have to earn those. Um, it's going to be tough for him. You know, I, I've said this before. I, I think we might see some Dante uh, over here with me and Oshkosh with the herd at some points just because there's not going to be a lot of minutes to go around, especially, you know, some positions just naturally blend together. The two and the three are like this. Tenacious listed at 6'7 here. Kyle Corver listed at 6'7 here as well. I look at those guys as more backup threes, but they could certainly play with a guy like Chris Middleton at the two. So this is just a position, if you just want to call it the wing. That is pretty loaded for the Milwaukee Bucks it, with some really experienced options as well as some of those younger players who have impressed recently. Yeah, I, I will say that we are on different ends of the spectrum with Dante, um, which... Are you, uh, how, you're, you're big pro Dante. I feel like Bucks Twitter is big pro Dante. This is going to be a popular stance for you. 
Yeah, I, I do. I just so there's a big thing with him, and it's it's the three point shot. And uh, while we've spoke a lot, and I know we'll get to these guys a little bit later on, but we spoke a lot about DJ Wilson, and the reason why he didn't play was because his shot uh, he went through such a big slump, and that's going to be a big thing for Dante. And it's interesting when I look at it. Like I would have guessed without looking at his game log. Um, I probably would have guessed that he played more than 27 games. It feels like uh, he played more than that. Um, I guess certainly earlier in the season, he probably played a bit. Then, then you know, when you miss almost you know three months at the end of the season, obviously it's going to be a fair chunk out of out of your uh, 82 games. But uh, yeah, so probably played less than what I thought. And the three point percentage at 26.5 is not really going to cut it. Uh, particularly, yeah, if he is a guy that you want to play with maybe Bledsoe and Giannis, that becomes a lineup that's going to be really difficult to play if Dante isn't shooting at least 35%. He needs to get that up above 35%. Whether that's realistic or not, we will see. Uh, but it's interesting to look at his his top lineups that he played with. Uh, the number one lineup he played with, Giannis Brogdon, John Hanson, which is interesting <laughs> and probably tells you that he did play, which probably tells you he did play early in the season, right, yeah. before Hanson was traded. But uh, Giannis Brogdon, Hanson, Tony Snell uh, was his uh, most used lineup. Uh, Tony Snell, you know, man, tough, man. To, tough to oh. say that name over here. But uh, and then uh, lineup number two uh, was uh, Brogdon, Hanson again, Ilya Saver, and Middleton. So he pretty much in all his top lineups, when you look at him, he was the two guard. I think there's some speculation out there that he might be able to play some point guard. I'm not totally yeah, convinced. That about seems that. premature to me. Um, yeah, it, it's. I think people are very excited about Dante from that point of view. I'm not – I like him as a, as a really rugged and tenacious defender. We've seen him sometimes, and there was a couple – there was one game in particular, I can't remember who it was against right, you know, as, a, as I sit here right now, but there was a game where he came in uh, when he had that really short stint in between uh, the, the two lengthy layoffs, uh, and he really changed the game, and, and I think – Help the Bucks to win a game just purely on the defensive end with a couple of steals, a couple of blocks, and and some real impact plays. I think he's an impact defender. Um, I, I think that the factor of whether he starts, as I said, is going to be whether he's going to be able to hit the three ball. If he becomes a reliable three point shooter, um, I think Bud likes him enough that I could see him starting games. Certainly being a, a major part of the rotation. That's interesting. Then, so I wonder. You know, in that situation, I suppose I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how Bud figures out this two-three because there's just there's a lot of names. I think there's three, three, five, uh, there's five to six names total across those positions where you go, oh yeah, that guy could certainly play, and really more than that. There's four at the two, I would say, between Dante, Pat, West, and Sterling Brown, where you could say, yeah, I can see all of those guys being good enough to play a, a, a decent role in the rotation. And obviously, there's not enough minutes for all four of them at that one position. Then you open it up to the three as well. Listen, Chris Middleton's playing a lot of minutes. That's for sure. If Chris Middleton isn't playing a lot of minutes, something's very wrong. And then you get Kyle Korver there and Tenacious. Let's just go to the three now. Obviously, like I said, you know, the bulk 30-plus minutes a game, Chris Middleton leaves 15, 18, whatever, for somebody else. Kyle Korver's probably playing at least a good bit, right? I, I think it's fair to assume right away that he'll be the the other three with maybe like some Sterling Brown or somebody mixed in there. Yeah, I, I I think this is where you're going to see Pat Connor and get his minutes. I, really? We're well, going small. 
Well, it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see, but I just think when you look at that log jam at those positions, I think it makes sense that someone is going to have to slide up a little bit, and I do think that Pat can play a little bit bigger. He's certainly uh, he's an erratic defender. I think that you have some real concerns if you ever have to put Pat Connaughton on one of the the elite wings in the league because he just can't keep, yeah. he can't keep his feet on the ground, but. I think Pat is one of the guys that can slide up a little bit. And it kind of contradicts a little bit of what we saw last year when we saw some of these these lineups that might have Giannis, Ersan and Brook, the real, the mega lineups that actually had some some success for the Bucks. But I do think, uh, and, and, you know, I, I've sort of stuck by this. I think that with Kyle Korver, you know, really 60, 60 to 65 games is probably all you want out of him. Uh, I just don't think you want to be stretching this guy uh, too far. He is already, how old is he? 38 already. So he's going to turn 39 during the season now. We know that he hasn't lost his, his shooting. We we saw that. And even some of the clips out of uh, the training camp in Madison look really, really good. And I, I'm super excited to see Kyle Culver play for the Bucks. But uh, he played 70 games last year, uh, 73 the year before. And would he play the year 67? So, look, he's been a pretty consistent um, yeah, and two of those seasons where two of those seasons where he gets traded midway through, and there's kind of that confusing aspect too. This guy is an Iron Man. Yeah, no, he absolutely is. You're you're right, and and yeah, obviously the trade to Utah and then the one from Atlanta to Cleveland are in there. But even in those seasons, he plays, as I said, sort of 65 plus games. So he's really healthy, and we know that uh, he's well renowned for his meticulous uh, off season. Uh, workouts that he does and the way that he takes care of his body in a lot of in a lot of ways the people have sort of compared him to the way Ray Allen was able to you know remain a good shooter because of the way he looked after his body but I just think that the Bucks are going to be good enough during the regular season that he's going to be able to have nights off and you know that he's still going to keep his body in good shape I think keep him to 60 to 65 games and yeah it might be Pat Connaughton uh maybe the Bucks mix and match and, and experiment with some things. And yeah, maybe they play Ursan, maybe they play DJ, maybe they go super big. I, I think that, that that's going to be more uh, utility-based guys sort of swapping through positions rather than a, than a set rotation. But yeah, I, I mean, Corbett's going to play. I would just like to see him minimized as much as possible until you know the Bucks really need him. Do you know how many times Kyle Corver's led the league in three-point percentage? Um, I I feel like this is going to be a shocking answer, like either really. No, well it's not. Or, it's not really that crazy. High. It's it's not, it's not that shot. It's four. Okay. But here's the shocking answer. Do you know what his highest ever for a single season three point percentage is? Uh, would it be fifty three point six? It would indeed be fifty three point six. That's a fun bit of trivia for you to know offhand. I wonder if someone's got a basketball reference page open. No, I, no, I just know that. Uh, big Carl Culver fan. <laughs> well that was in so that's in his last Utah or not his last Utah season I'm sorry he ended up going back and the 2009-10 season in Utah where he only played 52 games only 18 minutes a game didn't start at all more impressive I think is the the Hawks season where he got the all-star nod in 2014-15 stole it from Brandon Knight I'm not over that I'm going to ask Kyle Korver about that if I ever get a chance to do a, a Bucks media thing I'll never forget Brandon Knight deserved it but Kyle Korver did start 75 games, play 32 minutes a game, attempt six threes per game, and shoot 49.2% on those threes. That's a ridiculous number for how often he shot and for how important he was to that Hawks team, but has never shot below 39.7% uh, on a season. Well, not has never, not since but the year before that crazy 53% year. Just nuts percentages for Kyle Korver, who 
I think his spacing will help change things. And hey, if he gets Giannis, Tanasis, some of these other guys shooting better, it's that contract is going to pay dividends. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I will say just on that front quickly. I know we're going to stick to the rotation stuff. He really did help Jetty Osmond with his shot. Jetty Osmond's shot looks a lot better now in Cleveland from working with Cal over there. So I, I think there's a lot. There's a tendency from some skeptical fans to kind of roll your eyes, like you know he's not a coach. How much is he really going to help? Whatever. I mean, he's a great shooter. It doesn't mean everyone else is a great shooter. This isn't like something he's never done. Like Kyle Korver has helped players shoot better, and I think I think his presence can only be a positive. I mean, we'll see on the defensive end, but at least on offense on the floor and you know, in the uh, in the training facility and all that, as some of these guys work on their their shots. But I, I yeah the. I could see Pat playing too. I think you can mold these positions together. I mean, at six four, it's gonna be it's gonna be matchup dependent. I mean, Sterling maybe could play here more too, and then Pat gets yeah. some more minutes at the two. Sterling at six six, I trust a little bit more defensively. Do you think Tanasis is gonna have a, any sort of a set role early in the season, or is he just gonna be like a, a kind of a bench cleanup guy? Yeah, I don't think early in the season, it's hard for me to look at this roster and see how you could really justify playing him regular minutes. But again, uh, I'm expecting that the the Bucks are going to win a lot of games and I'm expecting they're going to win a lot of games by big margins against uh, some of the lower teams. And I think that's when some guys maybe will get a little bit rested. Maybe Bud looks at last year and thinks, oh, maybe these guys did play a little bit too much, even though we know, you know the minutes were down. And that's when some guys are going to get an opportunity. And we've seen before, if you take your opportunity playing under Bud, that can sometimes translate into regular minutes. So I think if Thanasis comes into the rotation, it's going to be more of a slow burn. It's hard for me to look at him now and say, yeah, he's going to be in on opening night uh, again. I could be totally wrong, and maybe he'll play back up to to Chris from opening night, but I'd be surprised by that. I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, uh I think there's gonna be there's gonna be the opportunities, but yeah, he's gonna have to earn them. And again, this is another guy I could see. You know, if you're Fox Valley based, you you might see Tenassus had a hurt game or two, or especially earlier in the season. But who knows? You know, I've certainly been wrong about these things before. Um, I don't have a good segue for once, but you know, having a good suit is good. And Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe, and that is true. I mean. Not all of us are going to dress like the Russell Westbrooks out there. I was going to do a fashion thing with the Bucks. I feel like the Bucks don't really. I mean, I guess DJ Wilson, but we. we I could have done something like, oh, we're going to talk about the fours next, DJ Wilson fashion. I, I just didn't. But, you know, DJ Wilson looks good in his clothing, but some of us need to stick to more traditional attire, like a good suit. And, you know, men look good when their suits fit well. Clothing fitting well is just a bonus. I used to wear kind of ill-fitting clothing. I've been on a better path lately uh girlfriend probably has a lot to do with that particular change but uh indochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand even if you don't have a girlfriend you can get well-fitting suits shirts coats and more and everything is made to your exact measurements for that great fit and the best part is they are affordable almost all of their custom clothing is under 400 dollars. custom clothing this is not off the rack this is custom, folks. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom 
or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. So you, dear listener, go start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more, $399 or more to be clear, at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Shipping is free, by the way, just a fun fact. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, spelled like you would expect, for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more, an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. Listen, Kane, everyone else, you have no excuse to wear clothing that doesn't fit. And I just talked about free shipping. Speaking of shipping, when you're selling out online, like Indochino does, getting your orders out can be a real pain. I'm sure Indochino doesn't have problems, but you might. It's time-consuming and expensive. It's just a hassle, and that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation just helps you get your orders out quickly. You save money on shipping costs, and you keep your customers happy. And the customer's always right, folks. You want the customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface and makes it super easy to manage them, even from your cell phone. They work with every major carrier, USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, and they offer big discounts on shipping costs. Any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies like the Eurostep. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, right now, Eurostep listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's zero risk. Start your free trial. You don't have to put your credit card info in. You know it's a good deal if you don't even have to put your credit card info in. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. ShipStation.com, offer code BLUE, B-L-U-E. ShipStation.com, you already know, Kane. Make ship happen. Well, that's all we got time for. Here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening to the tirade ads for the last forty minutes. But uh, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you all. But uh, no, seriously, we 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 have got a couple more positions to go. Uh, I do want to I do want to quickly say you you called me out before. Obviously, I did have the Kyle Corver basketball reference page up, but uh, it's just for a, a note of how the game uh, has changed. When you talked about that 53.6% three-point shooting for, for Kyle Korver uh, way back in 2009-2010, 2.1-three-point attempts per game for Kyle Korver. Shooting 53% from three, you could only manage two attempts per game. Uh, and there you go to 2019, and he was average, averaging uh, near six. And the, and the minutes were, were almost identical there. So that's we know how the game has changed to three-point shooting, but uh, you know, if Kyle Korver's shooting... Fifty-four percent and only taking two attempts. You're probably not running a, a great offense. Well, he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't crack the starting lineup because now teammate again, Wesley Matthews, was in the way. Yeah, well, um, I wonder if he's going to hold a grudge there with West. But uh, <laughs> the, at the at the four, obviously, we know who's starting. Don't even need to go there. But Ursan. Uh, there's a yeah, right, exactly, obviously. Um, so there's going to be a battle between Giannis and DJ Wilson for the backup minutes, but. Uh, <laughs> But no, honestly, DJ Wilson and Ersan is interesting. Um, we sort of touched on it on the last podcast, and I, 
Yeah, again, I'll stick to my sort of belief that if DJ Wilson earns minutes and gets minutes at the four, uh, it's going to be a good thing for the Bucks because it means that he's probably shooting the three at a, at a good clip. And it also probably means that uh, his defensive uh, sort of game-changing ability we saw at times in flashes last season is, is probably real. Um, they're the two things that are going to stand out for him with Bud. So uh, my my early guess is you know, probably going to be Ersan. Bud will probably stick with the guy he knows so well. Uh, but DJ is uh, an interesting one to watch here for the Bucks. I think people are already mad about DJ Wilson playing enough minutes and the preseason hasn't even started. Um, yeah, we're going to yeah. see there. And now I guess I consider Dragon Bender to be a four as well. Um, I don't know if how much consideration he really merits uh, or how much consideration he really, yeah, really deserves for minutes early. I mean, you know, an unproven guy. It didn't work out in Phoenix, although – at this rate, with the way Phoenix is going through players, who knows how good Dragomander actually is. Obviously, it wasn't in the best position to succeed there. No one has been, except for, I guess, maybe Devin Booker. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be uh, battling any of these three for minutes. Certainly not the first one. Uh, Giannis is going to play play a whole lot and then start every game he's healthy, obviously, everything else. But then it goes to Ursana DJ. You know, I, I, I think... I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see training camp and preseason and everything else. How Ursan is still looking, how DJ is looking, how he spent his summer. You know, if that shot's going to be a little more consistent, that absolute rope of a jump shot he has it goes straight into the back of the rim every time. Well, direct toward the back of the rim. It doesn't go straight in every time. That would be nice. Um, I don't. I, I, I'm torn on who I think is going to back up right away, but. Something about how all of last season went. I'm leading Ursan at least early, but I'm not. I'm not locked into that. No, no, I don't. I don't. I. It's it's really. I don't know. Again, I, this is why I, I find it so interesting with the Bucks because it seems like everything should be set, but yet I still think that there's so many question marks uh, heading into. As you said, I mean, we're only a couple of days away from the preseason now. And I still just think there's so many question marks at multiple positions, even though I, I think one of the biggest strengths um, for the Bucks that what we believe is going to be continuity. And yet, uh, yeah, as I said, we, we're not really sure at a number of positions. And maybe that's the depth and maybe that's the strength. But uh, I, I think either way, there's going to be people that are going to be annoyed by their favorite player or the, or the guy they like not uh, getting minutes. I, I do... You, I think you know. We've we've spoke a lot about Ersan, and uh, I've got a fair soft spot for Ersan. I just, I think I, it might be just that I remember watching this guy play. I mean, it's hard to when you really think about Ersan. He's been around. <laughs> I mean, I was in high school. I was uh, I was a teenager when when he got drafted. I mean, he was he was around when he got drafted when Bogut was drafted. I mean that's that's how long that that was a long time ago. Uh, that's back in the TJ Short uh, TJ according to TJ Shorts TJ Fords <laughs> TJ, TJ Fords shorts uh, that basically look like pants. I mean that's how long Osanoi yep. Sober has been around. Um, so I, I I do have a soft spot for him, but when I look at the numbers for Osan, you can certainly understand why Bud likes him and why he played him so much last year. Uh, a defensive rating for him, and I know defensive ratings are obviously contingent on, on lineups and there's a number of different factors, individual defensive rating we're talking about. But 
uh, for Ursan across his 67 games uh, and 18.4 minutes per game, which was three uh, points per 100 possessions less than the number one defense in the league. So not always great to watch. He looks a little bit awkward at times, but he is very effective. And this was the one thing that we sort of, and we and you spoke about this a lot in in regards to DJ. If Ersan wasn't shooting the three as well as he was, and he and when he came back with that mask, he was he was on a bit of a hot streak, and that's you know combined with the defense, that's why he was getting the minutes. And I don't really see. I mean, Ersan's been doing the same thing his whole career. He takes charges, he hits the glass, and on offense he, he can hit a three and he's, he's really good on the offensive glass with the tip-ins and that sort of stuff. So he doesn't do anything flash, but he does a lot of things that an NBA coach is going to love. And so that's why, uh, you know, like you just said and like I said previously, it's going to take a lot, I think, for DJ to, to bump him out of the rotation. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And just the one, the one caveat I have is I do think – just going forward, and there's going to be a contract situation coming up soon. But you know the Bucks, you know you need to develop these young guys and have them be ready to play. You know for future years, even future scenarios. You know it would have helped a lot if DJ was in rhythm and ready yeah. for some of those playoff games, just to have him as an option, as kind of an, another rangy forward who can shoot a bit and, and sort sort of handle the ball, I guess. Um, so I would like to see him find some minutes somewhere, and I wonder. You know, maybe he could range down and play with Ursan in some lineup sort of as the, the nominal three. I mean, that could be possible too. I mean, it's it's smaller than you'd like to see him play. I think more people are excited about fours playing five than, than playing the other way. But there will be a hole there. There will be some opportunity. We've already seen Ursan play the nominal three at times. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of interesting things. Bud's going to have a lot of fun options. But uh, I agree that Ursan, although – you know, not visually striking all the time out there, uh, does a lot of good things and helps the team most of the time he's out there. And some matchups he's going to get burned. He's not the most athletic guy in the world. He's not the most most athletic <laughs> one-on-one defender. But he is a, a smart defender, and he will contribute on that end. He's not, like you said, the numbers. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't make defense a black hole. Uh, I'm so excited for this last position. Uh, you remember, I'm sure. The one thing I was hemming and hawing about really last season, uh, when the Bucks were looking great, you know, in that sort of middle to third, middle to three fourths mark of the season, really wish it was a backup yeah. center, especially heading into the playoffs. You know, it's no one's really talking about this, but if Brook Lopez would have missed time, and luckily he really just did not ever miss time, I think he just took off game eighty two. That was it. But there was just nothing. I mean, it was it was Giannis slash DJ slash Ursan and, and I guess Nico as well. That didn't work out at all, but uh, just really not an option there. And, and the Bucks system, you know, we haven't seen it really work with stretch fives. You know, the, their defense is at its best and it's used to playing with one guy posted in the middle. Now you got Brooke to do that for X amount of minutes per game and then Robin Lopez to do that for X amount of minutes per game. I'm excited on the court. I'm excited off the court. Kane, I'm just excited about this. I'm very excited about the Lopez brothers. Yeah, this is so interesting to me because I know we did speak a lot and you did want that that extra big body. I probably wasn't as convinced as you that it was required. I, I think, you know, maybe looking back, there were certainly some situations that it would have been handy. And and I do think one of those situations is obviously if you, if you come up against a matchup with the Sixers now, particularly with Al Horford and uh, Joel Embiid. But 
Um, so I, I think that having that extra big body is going to be great. Uh, I think Brook Lopez, yeah, again, it gives you a real option. And, and we talk about wrestling guys, and I, I don't think fatigue was a factor. I keep on bringing it up because I just think it's going to be interesting to see the people management, I guess, through through this regular season. But Brook played 81, the first 81 games, and then finally after playing every game gets pulled out of game 82 last year. But uh, th- there's going to be no problem with resting. Brook Lopez uh, for games this year if that's the path they want to go to because you've got a starting level center right there as your backup uh, in Robin. I get pretty excited about potential lineups with Giannis playing some five or, or you know, DJ, as we sort of spoke about, playing some five. Those lineups excite me. So the fact that Lopez is there and probably a guy that you want to play every night it sort of limits those opportunities, which is kind of uh, sort of a bummer for me because I, you know, I am, I do sort of get excited when you got five really athletic, mobile defenders out on the floor at once. I, I think you're a little bit limited uh, in that regard and sort of set on on you know the defensives. And again, like they were the number one defense, so I get it. But there was certainly some scenarios in the playoffs that you would have liked to see the Bucks do something different. So I think having the two Lopez brothers limits some of that stuff to an extent. Um, and I'm curious to see whether, uh, you know, Bud is willing to sit one of the Lopez brothers, you know, for a game here or there and experiment with some things. It's really the big thing I'm looking forward to. It, it is how much experimentation Bud wants to do during the season. But all in all, I am excited to see both Lopez brothers. Uh, I know Bud sort of at times <laughs> floated the idea of them playing together. That would be uh, just an unbelievable sight. Uh, to see them two on the floor together with maybe Giannis or something like that, it would just be absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think fun is the key word. You said that uh, it's going to be it's going to be a whole lot of fun with, with with those two big guys. I agree on the Giannis at the five experimentation. I think it is worth another look, although it wasn't. It hasn't usually worked out that well for the Bucks, you know, in recent yeah. years. But I do think there's something there. It should. It just should work. I mean, if you have Giannis, DJ, Chris Middleton, and then you know, Bledsoe and like Wes or, or Sterling or whoever, whoever is the other the other guard in that lineup. That lineup should theoretically be really, really damaging. And I, honestly, I almost think I'm more interested in George Hill versions of that instead of Bledsoe. Just to have another shooter out there. Like, let's say, and actually, you know what? For, let's just not even do a point guard. Let's have Giannis play the one on offense and the five on defense, basically, and do. Wes Matthews, Kyle Korver, Chris Middleton, DJ Wilson, Giannis. Like that lineup theoretically should be pretty much unguardable because anywhere you help on Giannis, you're just not going to be able to cover all the shooters. And, you know, Giannis should be able to hold up well enough in, in stints on fives to make it so the Bucks' defense doesn't fall apart. Like that should be – there should be some lineup of death type deals out there. We'll see how much of those we see in the regular season. I do think I, – I do hope that – kind of not really having a backup plan stylistically. The Bucks kind of failed them in the playoffs last year. We saw that against Toronto. When, it, when the plan stopped working, there wasn't a second plan to go to and just be ready to use, really, especially in the Toronto series. So I do hope that Bud will experiment more just in all sorts of things just to get some some sort of escape plans there for, uh-oh, the, the big center – iteration of this team is kind of running up it's kind of getting jammed right now but what other teams are doing let's now switch to this and and do this instead I think that's a very valuable thing to have I think we've seen when teams can't do that is when you know good coaches and playoff pressure situations can game plan around you even if your team isn't as good you can lose on on that alone I'll always remember 
for me, the standout example of the sort of game plan leading to a, a series swing. The Grizzlies leading the Warriors in 2015 on the way to Golden State's first title. I think they had a 2-1 lead, and that's when uh, Steve Kerr just started to have Bogut, quote-unquote, cover Tony Allen and just leave him alone and, and play free safety and completely change the series. Memphis couldn't score at all from that point on, basically, and, and that was that. And the Grizzlies just didn't have any, any, any recourse. I mean, that grit-and-grind team was so reliant on Tony Allen as part of their mentality. They didn't know how to play without him, and that was that. So I think certainly just as a general principle this year, it would be good to see more experimentation in the regular season. It might cost you, you know, it might cost you a bit of your net rating. It might cost you a win or two here and there. But I think the dividends it pays off in the playoffs, if you have that second, that third stylistic option you can go to, it certainly makes it worthwhile. Yeah, there's no question, and and the Bucks are going to play the long game this year, <laughs> I believe, and uh, and really understand that you know as cool as sixty wins was and as you know memorable as that regular season was, uh, I don't think there's anyone that that follows the Bucks or anyone within the the Bucks organization that wouldn't swap you know five wins, uh, five regular re- five regular season wins uh, for a couple more in. In, in the playoffs there to get through the finals and maybe win a championship. So uh, I think that's definitely the case. Uh, it was interesting. Out of all the comments, and I, I did tweet this one, uh, I was right at the end with Pat Conant uh, talking about uh, last season and that sort of stuff. And he, he said himself, and I know this is something that, that regular, regularly gets thrown around, but he said, you know, I think you learn more uh, from your losses. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that hurts at the time when you lose, but... Uh, there's no question for mine that Bud and the, and the Bucks coaches staff, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times they've gone back and watched the Raptors series just because, you know, that's going to suck to do that. But i got no doubt that they learn a lot from that. i got no doubt that Giannis learned a lot. And, uh, and yeah, again, it, it really sucked to lose that uh, from where they were at, at the beginning of the series. But uh, I think they probably saw the most effective Giannis defense there can be uh, and they might not have been prepared for that uh, back in May, but I think they're certainly going to be prepared for that heading into this season. I I agree. I, I think it's – I certainly hope at least that there's going to be uh, some more counters. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Some more counters this year. It would be uh, pretty disappointing if there weren't. But uh, I think fair to say no team in the East this year, maybe Philly, but no team in the East going to be as prepared as that Toronto team was. That Philly team has some questions to answer uh, on offense through their spacing and – you know, listen, that all the size that's there, you know, between Simmons, Horford, and, and Embiid, not one of those guys is, you know, the perimeter defender that Kawhi Leonard is. Uh, and not one of those guys, they don't have a ball handler that can kill you like Kawhi Leonard did all last postseason. So certainly a different challenge, but I don't think right now, at least looking around the East before any moves or anything else, I think it's fair to say no other team is going to propose that same matchup, but some teams that could be in the finals certainly could. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. We're out of positions now. Uh, Bud's going to start at head coach for 82 games, and, and everything else is going to be no surprises there. So, uh, Kane, you know, thank you as always. And uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Eurostep. We appreciate it. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, everything else, all those good things. Tell two friends. Let them tell 80 friends, however it works. But uh, season's coming. Preseason's almost here. Get ready. Get ready with us at the Eurostep, and we'll uh, catch you next week.
Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at LittletonCoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at LittletonCoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.